0: The Near Futurist, a podcast with Guy Clapperton. Hello, and thanks for downloading The Near Futurist, a show presented by me, Guy Clapperton. Today, I'm going to be continuing to look at business and how it's going to cope post-COVID-19. I should just put this in context and say I'm recording on the 14th of May 2020 for immediate upload and then release on the 22nd of May. And I don't have to tell you, a lot can change. Will they introduce further easing of the lockdown within days from this broadcast? It's close by, but I'm not that much of a futurist. Now, at this point, I normally do a quick bio of myself and hint that if you have a conference coming up, I can be available as an MC or speaker, but nobody's planning conferences at the moment. So I'll just say that if you need to do face-to-face press interviews or presentations online and need help, you can find me at remotemediatraining.com. I've been a tech journalist for over 30 years, and I know how the traps can happen. And I've been training remotely for over 10 years. But let's leave my self-promotion behind and get to the interesting bit that you wanted to hear. My guest today has been leading her company's communications and response to COVID-19 on a global scale. She has over 20 years experience and works actively to identify the latest trends, build solutions internally and help customers reach their business goals. Prior to joining her current company, she worked at Cisco, Townburg and Siemens Corporation. Her current role is as Chief Marketing Officer for App Dynamics, and her name is Angie Mistrata. Angie, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you for having me, Guy. Good to You're be here. You're more than
0: welcome. Okay, now I did my usual trick of uh, copying and pasting the intro from just about wherever I could, uh, mostly stolen from LinkedIn and uh, your PR representative, so thanks for all the support. <laughs> for that. So everything I could find I just threw in there, but in your own words, perhaps you could tell us a bit about yourself and your company.
1: Sure. As you mentioned, I started my career in tech marketing and have pretty much stayed in this space for the past 20 years, um, moving from telecom over to video conferencing and then into Cisco. And in the Cisco business, I did product marketing for uh, collaboration business, which is obviously super relevant right now. I managed all of our product marketing for video conferencing, for WebEx, so started to really get some experience in SaaS and software marketing. So when the opportunity came about for AppDynamics, which is a Cisco-owned company, um, it was a great next step for me. I wanted to stay at a high-growth area of the business with the leading software technology and, and really great people. What AppDynamics does is we do application performance monitoring, and in fact, we've been recognized again an eighth year in a row by Gartner for being a leader in this space. So what we do is we really help organizations deliver the best digital experiences via their applications or their websites uh, out to their end users, out to their customers, and now probably even more relevant, even their employees, as everyone uh, with COVID obviously turned to remote work. So we're seeing a tremendous amount of interest in what we do because the digital experience is now more important than ever because people are using applications and websites for just about everything we do from educating our kids to working remotely, shopping, fitness, ordering food, just everything. And so I wanted to make sure when the COVID issue started growing in size and scale and really being recognized as a global pandemic, I went to my leadership team and I said, we're relevant right now and we can help. So we put together an offer to help organizations who are struggling with these surges in traffic. So we're giving them access to our technology for free. We're also giving a lot of education and support for free because people are just hungry for the knowledge of how they can help continue to deliver the best digital experiences, even amongst um, these huge surges of traffic that most are seeing.
0: Now, as we speak, of course, if I can take it away from uh, App Dynamics and get some comments on infrastructure issues overall, The infrastructure, it strikes me, is holding up really quite well internationally, in spite of the entire world being on Zoom and Netflix simultaneously. Um, I'm just wondering uh, if we could focus on some of the positives. What's gone right? I was anticipating quite wrongly that at some point the internet would just about melt down with this sudden surge. What's gone (laughs) right?
1: I think a lot of things are going right. I mean, it's definitely been a struggle, but I think first and foremost, there's a lot of behavior change from a technology standpoint, but also a human standpoint. And some of that I think is going to be positive and long lasting and really reshaping the way we move forward. You've seen from an infrastructure perspective, you know, Netflix, Zoom and, and WebEx, of course, we are all, it's not just dependent on our technology, it's dependent on the cable providers, the service providers. So, you know, in our business, we've seen a lot of these organizations, regardless of being highly competitive with one another, really pull together to make sure that they can continue to provide bandwidth and that, to be able to support all of these surges. I had the same thought as you, and as did many others, like, oh my gosh, how, how are we going to hold up this, this, you know, global economy? And it's all about these organizations who are pulling together in a way they've never had to before to make sure that they can deliver, you know, the service and that we can deliver us to technology that sits on top of the service that extends out to the end user. So it's really been remarkable to see these councils kind of emerging to help plan and carry everything forward. And then, you know, on the personal note, I think we're learning a lot about like the hum- the value of the human connection. And, you know, I've done collaboration marketing for, for prior to moving to AppDynamics, so i have managed global teams remotely for quite some time. And I was very comfortable with it. But a lot of organizations are not. And I think one of the other positives will be that people are going to acknowledge that you can be highly effective working remotely. And I do think that that will have some some downstream trends about how, when, and if, and how people go back to the office. So I think um, also on the personal note, it's been really fun for me, and I'm sure you've been um, learning more a lot about people that you work with. You're seeing into their houses, you're meeting their children, you're meeting their animals. And, you know, I think that it's a really unique and probably an unanticipated benefit. But I think, again, it brings us closer together as a community. And I think, you know, all of these things happening at the same time, all amidst massive amounts of change coming daily. I think um, I, I think just seeing the positives and people being positive about it has, has been one of the things biggest thing that's gone right.
0: Yes, I think the humanising side is quite nice. There was a huge fuss uh, a year or two ago when uh, that poor guy interviewed on the BBC had his uh, children <laughs> invading his interview. I don't know whether that, could, I think it went international. I gather from the laugh that you've seen it. But I just thought at the I time- I I just thought at the time, that's what we've all got to get used to because if we're going to work from home and the moves were already in place. No one was saying, let's burn more air miles. Let's put more petrol guzzling vehicles on the road. Yeah, there was that impetus initially I just think you know that's the sort of thing we're going to have to get used to you know there will be cats wandering into shop there will be uh, uh you know, all those things happening I think uh, you know we've got to sort of stop thinking about such a, a weird thing I mean we've covered a lot on the consumer side of course what uh, sort of pressures are there um, on businesses to keep their infrastructure going and uh, you know how do you have input into that
1: we've heard from a lot of our customers across a number of different industries. I honestly can't think of an industry that's not, has not been impacted by this. I mean, retail banking, obviously education and healthcare, hospitality, transportation, um, even like, geez, our local restaurants who are now figuring out how they can increase online capacity to take, take, to take orders for pickup and delivery. I mean, things that people were never even thinking about um, needing to pay much attention to. So, I think most of what we're seeing obviously because of what we do is unparalleled pressures that they're feeling on their digital services. So their websites are seeing traffic like never before, their applications whether it's for internal mission critical, I have to keep secure remote workforce happening or if it's external applications where they're delivering services to their end users, everything is just kind of this these huge surges and we actually have a, I have a few real world examples of that our clients have shared with us. We have insurance companies, for example, who went from processing 12,000 claims on average a week to now doing 300,000 claims a week, and in one single day, 100,000 claims. We have grocery retailers. I mean, obviously, we, we all need to have food, and so we've had a number of these global retailers, one seeing their web traffic quadruple in just the first couple of weeks, And another seeing, you know, a 900% increase in concurrent users users hitting their website. I mean, can you imagine, like, that would never have happened before. We have an agency who's dealing with...
0: Sorry, what are these people doing about this? I mean, obviously the grocers have got to look at the sheer logistics of getting the food stuff to people, but also, uh, you know, insurance claims processes and things like that in one day uh, and, uh, you know, there's financial transactions you're talking about. Are we talking about an increase in automation? Because this isn't just about sheer infrastructure. It's about looking at the processes you have to go through and how to make them repeatable at speed.
1: Yeah, we definitely people are looking at automation as a big part of what they need to do. I think most of the initial areas where we're jumping is to help jumping into help is just how can they detect problems before they happen, even and that some of that is related to, to artificial intelligence and, and surfacing issues and some of the things that we're doing we are doing and able to help with that aren't necessarily AI related, but you know, we have health alerts. So business can say if i hit capacity at x level and, and i start to see traffic going above that it'll send an alert back to the it team so they can better prepare for how to like manage that those surges in traffic so most of our customers are just are, the key things they're looking at are like um, you know how do how do i measure like performance issues how do i a lot of people who were probably not considering a move to cloud before because they're very comfortable in their on-premise environments and those environments were serving that infrastructure was serving their customer base and their user base quite well. Now they're saying, I can't deal with this capacity. I have to like burst somewhere. And that that's the leverage that cloud gives you. So uh, another big area of interest that we're seeing from consumers is cloud migrations. So yeah, I think everyone's kind of scrambling in some ways to figure out how they're going to manage through this, but really trying to pay attention to at the end of the day, delivering a good experience for these users, because, you know, we have a lot of data that shows, even before this happened, how frustrated people get with digital services when they perform badly. And in the survey that we did last year, for instance, 84% of people, and this was before COVID, said they had experienced some problem with their digital service. You know, I couldn't check out, I couldn't put an item in my cart, I couldn't deposit money. And that was before this. And those people can quickly move on to another service, another brand. People, in fact, are more loyal to digital services and applications in most cases than they are to the brand itself, depending on what type of service it is, of course. So I think the user demand and the user expectation has not decreased. If anything, I think it's become even higher. And so organizations have to look to invest in technology like ours uh, in order to help identify problems before they start in order to monitor where people are, how are they behaving within the application, and so much more.
0: It all seems from the outside, speaking as someone who does consume digital services, it looks as if it's all been going uh, running very smoothly with the odd outage from my internet service provider, but I'm quite used to that because they just do that. But I'm just wondering whether there have been any outages that we haven't heard of, uh, you know, without naming any names, has, have there been any major incidents you've had to deal with?
1: haven't seen, I, I mean, again, I haven't talked to every customer. Um, I we, We've had a few that are, you know, doing things proactively to help, um, won't name names, but people who are really trying to help, you know, hospitals deal with surges of, you know, people coming in, like physically, and how can they use websites and applications to proactively put information out to avoid, lo- you know, loads of people rushing to a hospital. So that's, you know, an example of people that are trying to add digital services to the mix to help might not have the experience in doing something like this so quickly, so they're turning to, to help. But in terms of outages, I don't think there. I, I haven't, we haven't had any that have been, you know, written up in the news by any means. I think that there's probably a little bit more understanding at the end of the day, because this is something that no one had planned for um, but I think we've been able to work quickly with our customers, even some prospects that are turning to us for help, our partner community to help remediate the issues that these organizations are seeing. I think one of the first things that we saw people tackling was having to enable their workforce to, to work remotely. That was the biggest. We had a lot of customers redirecting their spend to be able to, to go do that. And then with that, there were some outvids-related things that weren't necessarily at us the technology thought it could be the service provider because like I said before, there's so many dependencies behind the scenes. But all in all, I, I've been really surprised, pleasantly surprised at, at how um, efficiently everything has been able to work. And I, I know there's a lot of stress um, for a lot of people who are, are holding it all together and I have uh, a lot of appreciation for those people. But yeah, I, I think it's been pretty positive and, and we're offering, as I said with our assist program, you know, more education, resources, Free customer support to really dive in, roll up our sleeves and and help customers who are having any outage issues
0: obviously that's on the technical side uh, or at least i intended the question to be on the technical side i should say there's also the cultural and business culture side you know if you've got suddenly you've got a whole load of uh, home workers managing them and uh, measuring by outputs perhaps there's all those different things and you know they require different support because they may never have worked, in, worked from home either uh, i'm just wondering whether that's a- an area in which you are able to have input
1: Yeah, actually, we can help a couple of other things that AppDynamics does, and we haven't—I haven't looked at the specific to remote work, but we have the ability to measure user behavior inside of an application. So, think of in the case of remote work, you know, I can see how many people are online, how much time they're spending, where within the application are they doing video, are they messaging, Um, and that's one potential use case. Um, We also have a product called Business IQ that helps monitor um, your business metrics. So you could go in and apply some very specific business output metrics that we can help monitor. And yeah, you, you could definitely manage that way. I think the, the beauty of a lot of collaboration tools um, currently is, I mean, you can see who's online, you can see if they've read your messages and notifications and things like that. Again, I've been managing people remotely with Cisco tools for years now. And um, there's a lot of ways to just like manage engagement. And I think um, you know, from the people side, I think just in general, people are also more forgiving right now. I mean, I, my mornings, I have two young children at home. So I, I, I will be honest and say from nine o'clock to 12 o'clock a.m., it's very hard for me to be fully productive because I'm switching calls and trying to teach them a- the best I can while yes. working. So I think it's been great great to see the appreciation again, that human factor coming in to say, do the best you can. Yeah. Um, and then I think, and that's, yeah, I think it's been, a, it's a been really interesting. I don't want to call it an experiment. This could be the new, the way we move forward, who knows? Hmm.
0: Well, I think it's forced us to uh, confront the fact that we are human beings at work as well. as you know, We can't just switch it all off. And perhaps it was never a particularly healthy mm-hmm. thing to do so. You know, but this could be just me scrambling around to find positives mm-hmm. from this dreadful situation. I, you know, I, I, my brain works the same as everybody else. I will always try and find a bright side. You mentioned uh, that you have this uh, product that helps with metrics. I believe you have a whole schema of metrics that tests how a business is performing in a digital sense, just in case any listeners would uh, are interested in how they might be performing, what sort of criteria do you look at? You mentioned replies to emails for some reason or whether someone had read it.
1: Oh, well, within a lot of the messaging applications themselves, you can just see if like, I can tell if someone has read my alert. So if, or if they're present, if their online presence is showing, I mean, that's one way that some people do measure engagement. That's what I was referring to there. Within like what we do at um, an application environment, we can help customers set, you know, business identify business transactions so that they can get visibility into the most critical services that that make up their application that they're monitoring. So if you take that out of the remote working situation and put it more into like a banking environment, one of my critical business transactions would be to see how many how much money people are depositing. And I would set, you know, a business metric there so that I can monitor that to make sure that people are still able to be as productive in that application and that I can monitor trends over time. So if I see that deposits aren't being successful or the volumes are going down, well, maybe it's not that it's a people issue. Maybe there's something wrong with my application and I should, I should go investigate that. Um, So that's kind of what I meant with that, with those business transactions and alerts.
0: Obviously COVID-19 took us, substantially by surprise although I know there's uh, various controversies about whether certain governments should have uh, planned better in advance for example my government and yours <laughs> but um, by the time this podcast <laughs> comes up we may hopefully I mean, we're not we're not going to get political I'm sure there will be lessons to be learned but I'm just wondering from a business point of view what uh, major lessons you think um, businesses should take away in case heaven forbid there is another pandemic or some other major business interruption what can people take away from this
1: yeah, I, I agree. No, no one was prepared um, for the global change that that we see and are seeing now. Um, first, I think most organizations will have to think twice about their remote work policies, um, giving in their employees the flexibility they need, they need, and they want to stay connected. And again, that that with that human side for those of us dealing with educating children at home or care caregiving for people who might be impacted or sick. You know, just giving people the flexibility to stay connected and continue to deliver impact. Security obviously goes right along this with, with this, and this is security whether you're enabling secure remote from home work or security within an application. Those are very obviously with all the healthcare data that's now being used uh, as people are getting identified and how they're tracking. I mean, there's a lot of security issues that people are going to need to consider and make sure they're dealing with the right vendors who can protect all of this information that we're now having to share. I think at the same time organizations should be considering and ensuring how they can deliver their products and services with the digital commerce platform. I mean, we've had I think if people aren't thinking about their digital experience as a way to kind of return to growth, then I think they're are going to be struggling to survive because for the very near future, no one's going to be comfortable, you know, being in large crowds of people. So how can you take what you do and apply it to your online service and Make sure that you're delivering the best service possible. This also means thinking about how their teams are going to work to deliver these experience. So support for agile development processes that are easy to develop and implement. Like I said before, how are they, can they, should they move to the cloud? And how do they make that work with their on-premise investments so that they can really iterate much more quickly and have that burst capacity when they need it? and how to make all of these things, like I said, work with their existing environments and looking for for vendors and partners who can help manage all of this complexity that they're now gonna start experiencing. And most of them probably were before. Now it's just at a much larger scale.
0: Okay, and finally, perhaps you could tell us something about where listeners can find out more about uh, your organization uh, and uh, maybe get involved if they want to uh, take advantage of your offerings.
1: Of course. So, first and foremost, you can always visit our website, which is Com. And right on that homepage, if you're interested in learning more about the assist program that we rolled out to help during this time of need, uh, there's a COVID response page, right? You can link directly from our homepage. Um, and this is again where you will see access to just topics that we're trying to help customers with proactively. We're running a lot more webinars and just education to help people understand what's happening and how they can deal with it. So we have free training. We have again free access to our product, which is a huge value. We have free access to our customer support. If you need, you know, to help troubleshooting something, you know, we have people available to help. So I encourage everyone to look there. And then as a as a whole, you know, being part of Cisco is another great thing. They have a lot of other programs and resources to help from remote working with WebEx to security. Um, and even financial programs that extend to AppDynamics too, that are providing customers uh, flexibility on payment terms because, obviously, the, because of the, the financial crisis that this is all um, causing. So, I think just encourage everyone to take a look at AppDynamics.com just to find out. And bottom line, you know, we're here to help in any way we can. So if um, if you're struggling with an application or um, your website or having challenges with anything that you come up, or just need some input on like how you should think about your digital experiences and digital services going forward, I, I definitely encourage you to reach out via the website and we would love to get involved and help.
0: And Jim Stretta of App Dynamics, thank you very much for joining me. And many thanks to you for listening. That was the Near Futurist podcast with me, Guy Clapperton. Don't forget to have a look at the website at nearfuturist.co.uk or my media training site at remotemediatraining.com. I'll be back, as always, in two weeks' time. Stay safe.